0: Welcome to Talking Theology, a podcast of Cranmer Hall Durham, where we explore some of life's big questions and try to join the dots between theology, church, and the world. I'm your host, Philip Plyming, Warden of Cranmer Hall. If you enjoy Talking Theology, do subscribe at your favourite podcast provider, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Talking Theo, and share on social media. Thank you for listening. Now, on to today's episode. Why does place always matter, and why does it matter today? What's the difference between a parish system and a parish vocation? How are we called to love the different places where we have been placed by God? And why has the debate about the role of the parish become so polarised? And what's a better way forward? Welcome to this episode of Talking Theology. In today's show, I'll be talking to the Reverend Dr. Will Fulger, Will is Director of Mission and Evangelism here at Cranmer Hall Durham and also Director of the Centre for Church Planting, Theology and Research. His new book entitled Present in Every Place, The Church of England and the Parish Vocation will be published in spring 2023 and our title today is What Does It Mean for the Church to be Present in Every Place? Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. Bill Fulger, welcome to Talking Theology. Thanks for having me, it's good to be back. It is indeed good to have you back. This is your second time on Talking Theology. So we won't do the, the whole sort of tell us all about yourself, Will. We'll um, direct listeners to your previous podcast. But since then, something new has happened within your role at Cranmer Hall. You've started up something called the Centre for Church Planting Theology and Research and you serve as its director. Tell us about how that happened, Will, uh, and what the centre does and, and what your work involves.
1: Thanks, Philip. It is good to be back. And um, just to say, one of the things I had to do was go back and listen to my own podcast <laughs> to re- just to check that I wasn't repeating myself. Um, it's really good to be here. And uh, yeah, the, the Centre for Church Planting Theology and Research is a, a new project. We're really excited about it. And the centre exists to bridge the gap between church practitioners, so those who are doing church planting, and theo- theologians and, and those who are thinking about the theology. And we recognise that there's been lots and lots of activity, lots of churches being started, which is really wonderful uh, and exciting. And there's not always been lots and lots of reflection. And we wanted to do some of that theological reflection. When we asked the question, "What's ours to do as a college?" we felt that, and um, that was where our strength lies in uh, talking talking about theology and um, what God is up to in the world. So that's that's the sort of work that we wanted to do. And as you know, I was part of a church plant in Nottingham and helped to start a church in Nottingham and, and before that I'd been involved in, in church planting in various missionary projects. So it's something I'm really excited about and for me it's bringing my sort of two worlds together, the theology world and, and the world of planting and I'm really, really excited about it. And there's a Dutch scholar called Stefan Pass who says that church planting is, is like a theologically generative activity. It's sort of from planting new churches we find out about theology and about God and about the church, about the world and how the church interact with the world. And when I started a church in Nottingham, I was part of a team that started a church
0: in Nottingham, I
1: never felt more like a
0: theologian. Um, So this is really exciting work for me. Now, Will, I know one of the outcomes of the Centre has been you're about to publish a book. Now, the book is called Present in Every Place, The Church of England and the Parish Vocation. We're going to get a bit of a sneak preview in this podcast about what the book's about it comes out later in spring 2023 I know give us a little bit of the backstory Will about how the book came about and the research that it's based on
1: yes the book is about the parish system in the Church of England um, but it's really about the church um, of which the Church of England is just one example and how the church relates to the world around itself and particularly how the church relates to the places that it finds itself within the multi faceted varied places of um, of the nation And uh, the book came out of some research that I completed um, for my my doctoral studies. So in 2014, I did some research with four churches in uh, York diocese in in the north of England. Uh, Two were um, what we'd call inherited churches, parish churches that had been there for a long, long, long time. And two of them were new churches. And what I wanted to see was how they related to their places, to their local communities, their neighborhoods, to their cities, And whether there was a difference, essentially, between the way the parish churches did that and the way that the new churches did that. And um, to sort of jump ahead to the findings, I would drive down from Durham, uh, the couple of hours it was, to to Yorkshire and different parts of Yorkshire. And what I'd find is in these churches that essentially they were very, very different churches, but they were all asking the same questions, which is how do we as a a Christian community worshipping Jesus Christ in this place connect with the people and the place around us in a with integrity so those same questions were being asked and the other thing i found was there's no easy answers to that and the churches that were doing that well were doing that well with intentionality so they were stepping outside of their places they were stepping outside of their churches and being intentional about connecting with the neighborhoods and the communities around them whether they were parish churches or non-parish churches uh, they were doing the same thing
0: We're going to come back to those findings a little bit later on, will. But let's start with the big picture first of all, and look at it from a national perspective. In the book, you argue that the Church of England has a particular vocation to presence in every place, but that's not the same as a commitment to the parish system per se. Just give us a sense. What what do you mean by the parish system? Not all our listeners will be members of the Church of England, familiar with how the Church of England is organised. What is that the parish system and what makes you say that commitment to a presence in every place is not the same as just believing in the parish system?
1: Yeah so that's a good way of putting it so we've got these two things on on the one hand we've got the parish system so I'll start there the parish system is um, the system or the church structure every every denomination every church um, has a has a structure to it and the Church of England has been structured on the basis of parishes which are these very small geographical units you know you can look at the lines on the map that really were mapped around where people were living, where communities were based, the way that people interacted, and and this goes back a long, long time to really not settled really until the Middle Ages. So since the Middle Ages, we've kind of had this system of geographical mapping, and the idea is of coverage that you have every you know inch of the country uh, mapped. Some belongs to a church, and within that location, you have a parish church uh, that serves that community. So that's the parish structure. Um, And on the other hand, you sort of have what I call the the parish vocation. And the parish vocation is this idea of presence, that the the vision is to have a church, as I say, present in every single place, every part of the country. And what I really argue in the book is that it might just be that that vision, that vocation to presence is in some places connected to the parish system, uh, but not necessarily. It might just be that the vision to be present in every place um, is not served by the parish system. And so what I try to do in the book is to hold those two things apart and ask the question, if if we're really committed to this vocation uh, to be present in every place, how might we do that? And it might be the parish, like I say, in certain places and in other places, it might need to look a little bit different from the system that we've as we've inherited it.
0: So one of the things you do when you explore that distinction, Will, is you argue for the need for a more complex and dynamic understanding of that word place, can you say a little bit more about that? We kind of think as places where I am, but y- you kind of take a little bit further than that. Tell us more. Yes,
1: yeah, so um, place is the key term really in the book. And um, place is important because, as I say, the Church of England has said that it wants to be committed to every place of the nation. And actually, the, the vision of the Church of England is a Christian presence in every community. And so what I've tried to do is to think about, well, how do we understand this idea of place? You know, if place is simple so if places are easily definable you know the lines on the map as it were then being committed to place is quite a simple activity you kind of you just map where places are and you say you know let's put a church there and that serves that place and so on but place I think is far more complicated than that and far more complex than that the chapter in the book on place is called place isn't what it used to be and I really feel that and um, much of uh, scholarship around place not just in theology but in disciplines like human geography and social sciences will really stress that place is a complex category and the, the language i've used in the book is that place is both bounded and open bounded and open and it's bounded because a place is a place you know it's a definable place you we call places names so you know you've got durham you've got darlington or doncaster or whatever they're defined they're discernible places and Durham is not Doncaster and Durham is not Newcastle. You know, they're different places. They're bounded, but they're also open. And um, places open really in three ways. Places open because place places are always changing. You know, Durham isn't what it was now compared to, say, 2030 and certainly 100 years ago. Places also um, are open because they're always made up of other places. So if you think about a city like Newcastle... You know, a city like Newcastle is made up of regions and suburbs and different places within that. And each of those places is kind of a definable place. And then the third way in which place is open is because place um, always is contested. You know, there's always contested meaning. One place does not have a sort of discernible identity. And so um, the example I I use from this, um, the American band The Killers have have an album called uh, Pressure Machine, And the first track on that starts with an audio recording and uh, the the, the whole album is about a kind of small town village, rural life, a a kind of a definable place, a little village, a little town. And the recording starts with a woman talking about how she's lived in this town all her life and her family are from there and she got married here and she was brought up here and she loves it. And then it cuts to the voice of an African-American individual uh, talking about his experiences and how his brother was... Uh, taken um and uh, attacked and uh, violently attacked in this town and he says um at the end of his little bit you know so if you don't fit the mold of this town they'll find you out and then it cuts back to the woman and she says you know it's a lovely place i love growing up here and i, I give that example because it's an example of how places it's always contested meaning different experiences of place lead to different perspectives on that place so place is complex places always changing
0: give an example here in durham Will, where we're recording this this interview you know some people have a perspective of durham it's, it's basically a university town but then there are people live here who have no connection to the university who have a completely different understanding about it, what it means to live and to be in durham is that what you're getting at that all of us live in a place which in some sense is more complex than we can often imagine
1: that's absolutely right yeah absolutely
0: so if that's the case will what does that mean, therefore, for the Church of England, to use the example that we're looking at today, the Church of England's commitment to place? Are you sort of saying in the book that the parish system can sometimes suggest that place is very kind of closed, bounded, alone, and that perhaps a commitment to place needs to recognise its openness? In other words, the fact it's changing, it's about other places, it's kind of contested, and that the parish system sometimes doesn't kind of sit easily with that? Absolutely. And what I really want to say in the book is that the
1: the structure must serve the vocation. The vision is to be present in every place. But if place is complex, then the structure can only be one part of that answer. So I was at a training day in a diocese fairly recently, and um, this diocese had lots and lots of ex-mining communities, coal mining. And as part of the training day, we watched footage of um, the miners going down the mines and uh, about their lives it was incredible footage uh, taken about um 80 90 years ago and um what was really interesting was we watched this video and we really got a sense of what life was like then but in the in the middle of the day one of these uh, one of the people on the course put up the hand and said i'm really interested by you know what my the mining communities were like back then and um, she said but but what do people do now for jobs and it was this fascinating moment in the day where we sort of realized as a cohort that gosh, it's changed so much. And so we talked about, you know, that the jobs now have shifted to very different types of profession, call centre economies, um, big car industry where we were. And it's this realisation that because place changes, so, so must our work around presence change. We have to think differently and work harder at presence. So the parish is, is part of the answer. And in one sense, really, the pa- parish system was always about being responsive and reactive to place. The problem becomes when we think that simply because we've got the lines on the map, because we've got the structure, that we are being present. And all I'm really saying, and and this was the research from the four churches, was presence is an intentional, proactive work uh, that happens as churches commit to their places in their change and, and their
0: flexibility. Can just talk that last sentence through again? Presence is a dynamic piece of work as a church engages with its local community? Why do you think that's a message that needs to be heard?
1: I think it's a message that needs to be heard, and we might come onto the debate itself, because really I feel the book is is as much about the debate and the conversation around the parish as it is around the parish. I think it needs to be heard because the, the tendency is to think that we either have to be for the parish or against the parish. Again, as though sort of defending the parish system, the structure, the lines on the map. and and if you like kind of therefore just resourcing the structure, you know, as long as we have a, a priest say in every church, in the, then things will be okay. We forget that, actually there's far more to it than that, that even when you've got a church in a place with a definable boundary, the sort of work of being present and um, is, is much harder. As I say, it takes intentionality. I think of one of the churches in where I researched in Middlesbrough where lots and lots of Iranian refugees have been resettled And this church was really engaging with the Iranian refugees and actually baptized a number of them. They were really involved in the life of the church. But what was interesting to me was not that that church was doing that, but that the two churches next door weren't doing that. They had no Iranians there. So the, the, the geography was the same. The demographics were the same. They had Iranian refugees in their parish, too. But the engagement wasn't there. The intentionality wasn't there. And so... What could we say about those churches being present to their place? Which one really was being present to their place? To me, it was the one that was being intentional about that.
0: One of the interesting passages that you draw on in the book, Will, is the parable of the Good Samaritan that Jesus tells in Luke's Gospel. Just tell me how that parable could be a resource for us in helping us understand what it means to be living out a vocation to be really present. How does that parable help us?
1: Yeah, I was drawn to the Good Samaritan parable because it's the only parable bar one other um, where Jesus names a specific place. So all of the other parables are sort of based in, you know, they're the not real places, but Jesus talks about this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. So that interested me that it was sort of, it, it was in a place, a specific place. And um, what I really noticed about the parable is that Jesus, in, in in talking about this real place, therefore, seems to affirm that, seems to be making this point that, you know, love is only possible in place. And this is a claim that theologians make. Real love is only possible in real places. And, and there's a theologian, Oliver O'Donovan, who says, you know, to try and love everywhere is to love nobody. But when you commit to a place and you learn to love it that's when love takes on, you know, becomes real, if you like. You know, it it seems crazy to say, oh, I love England, but it seems possible to say, I love my neighbourhood or I love my street or I love the people. You see, so love sort of always narrows down. And and that's why I think I was drawn to this, Jesus talking in this parable about Jericho and Jerusalem. But but what you notice is that as the scene unfolds, stuff happens in the parable that changes the nature of place. So it, it is the road, but the road is sort of just this, abstract sort of place we don't really know much about but then there's this attack on the road this violent assault the road now takes on new significance Place the place if you like has changed and interestingly actually it uses the greek term topos which is the, the greek term one of the greek terms for place as the levite walks past he saw the man in this place and so i sort of was trying to say that in the parable you have two things going on you've kind of got the bounded you know jerusalem and jericho but you've also got the open places changing and in flux And all the way through, the theme you get is love of place and and, and how love sort of takes on real meaning in place.
0: Will, you referred earlier to the debate and like a capital T, capital D. But there's this big debate going on in the Church of England and indeed other churches as well about the, the nature of the parish. You mentioned briefly that it was defined as for and against but i wonder could you introduce the debate to us not all of us will be on twitter not all of us will be aware of some of the places where that debate is carried out what what are the two kind of um sides within that debate and then perhaps tell us what why has that debate got so heated so polarized and one of the things i think your book does really well is suggest a way through that lots of questions there will start where you want to
1: I'll start with this idea of the debate becoming polarised and and really I I think I see in the debate around the parish and and new churches really a symptom that we see in our wider culture which is that our debates have tended to become polarised you know whether they're sort of political debates or ethical debates so you think about issues around Brexit for example you know split sort of down the middle you think about sort of this idea of a culture war where that comes from is is probably for other people to explore, whether it's social media or whatever, that heightens it. But our debates, our discourse, we say, has tended to become polarised. And this one is is no different, I think. And there's a scholar called James Mumford who says that um, what tends to happen when you've got a polarised debate is, is what he calls sort of package deal arguments. And package deal arguments is really that you end up agreeing to one issue and, and sort of getting another ten th- thrown in for free. So... Um, the parish has become one of those issues that it's kind of like you agree with the parish and what you're doing in affirming the parish is sort of affirming these 10 other things. You think about the way that in American politics, you know, if you're, you're pro or, or um, anti-abortion, it'll probably also determine where you stand on gun rights and other liberties, etc. And it's no different here. And, and really, I think the split in the conversation is around, you know, do we want to have churches, so the argument goes, which are committed to their places and their localities, Or do we want to have churches that are sort of formed on some other basis than that? And so you've got, um, there's been a big movement here in in the UK called Save the Parish, which has really been arguing that, you know, it's all very well starting new churches and starting new church plants and doing all sort of exciting missional things. But really what the Church of England should be and is about is about the parish. And they see that the starting of new things as sort of a drain on the resources that could be being spent on the parish and then, what tends to happen is then you you get those on the other side of the conversation. Then you sort of feel drawn to the other side, which is no, 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 no. The the parish is the problem, you know. <laughs> and the the lines on the map and the system is is stopping good things happening. And so we need to start new things. And so you can see how the conversation unfolds. On the one hand, you've kind of got an affirmation of the old and then the inherited and what is. And on the other hand, you've got no, we're about the new and the new thing. And 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 I just think that's really, really unhelpful. I've, I've always felt. Um, those kind of binary discourse is really unhelpful and um, I think it's damaging to the church. The book hopefully tries to map some ways forward um, through that.
0: So tell us, Will, one of the book does is actually suggest a way through that or through that kind of polarised debate because what you do is you challenge both sides but also encourage both sides. So, so what's that way through look like?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, the first thing to say is that I, I think in all of this we need to be kinder and there is something here about the tone of our theological discourse and it's hard because we believe you know theology is about the things that matter most and we're passionate about the church and we're passionate about the church interacting with the world so people hold these positions um tightly and and but we can be kinder so that's the first thing i think theologically the things i'd want to say really are that place really does matter And I've I've tried to sort of stress that in the book. Place really does matter. It is something significant. There's a great book by a guy called David Goodhart, written a couple of years ago now, called The Road to Somewhere. And he points out that one way of thinking about our current political divides is is around this difference between who those he calls anywheres and somewheres. And anywheres are those folk who, probably a bit like me, were born and grew up in a place but have moved around quite a lot, probably went to university. Um, we feel like citizens of the world. We feel like we'd be happy living anywhere in any city in the world. And then you've got those somewheres, and there's an extraordinary number of people in this country who have never lived more than a few miles from where they were born. Astonishing number. And and so those individuals define their identity really about, in terms of their place, where they're from. It matters that they're from Durham or Darlington or whatever. What Goodhart points out is that when you look at the Brexit vote for example those somewheres on the whole voted to to um to leave and and those anywheres voted to remain and the his point really is that place really matters you know in our politics for for many many people in our nation place really really is significant so even if you were looking at it sort of pragmatically you'd say that if you want to be a church for the whole nation you're going to have to take place seriously but i think more than that theologically place really matters so that's the first thing i've i've wanted to say that place really does matter but I've also wanted to challenge this idea, as I've said, that, you know, it's the system that does it, you know, that it's the structure that solves the problems, that it's sort of the, the, the golden bullet, or the silver bullet, as it were, that as long as we could kind of invest in the system and keep the system and the structure going and keep the show on the road, that we would be present in place. And I've tried to say that, you know, I think it's more um, more complicated
0: than that. In other words what the parish system gets right is a commitment to place but if that becomes something static not engaged with the openness of place then it's actually failing to live out the vocation of what what the commitment to place really involves is that right
1: that's right yeah and in the book i talk about imagined presence um, and imagined presence is this idea that as i say you know because we've got lines on the map that somehow we're present there's a great moment in in the film billy Elliot where billy goes down to london he's from up here in the northeast and he goes down to the Royal Ballet School in London It's sort of a clash of cultures And a little boy in the in the um, changing rooms As he's getting ready for his audition Says to him, you know And this boy's been well trained In sort of conversation And he says, you know Where are you from? I'm from County Durham And this little boy says Oh, um, there's a lovely cathedral in Durham, isn't there? And Billy says, I don't know <laughs> And it's this amazing moment of realisation that for people in this part of the world, you know, we might imagine that the cathedral is essential for their life and we might imagine in the same way that the local parish church is somehow sort of vital for people's existence, whereas the reality might be very different from that. And how we imagine our presence is not necessarily how our presence is received. And so this is this point about presence is sort of this dynamic reality that needs to be sought intentionally and worked at.
0: So you offer quite a profound challenge to parish churches and to the parish system to say the system itself is not enough, but rather it needs to be inhabited in a very dynamic and intentional way. But you also offer a challenge to kind of new churches, fresh expressions to engage with place in a very intentional way. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And really this is being said by lots of missiologists and lots of those who would want to start new churches that, you know, a key part of being a church in place is recognising the distinctiveness of where God has put you. You know, what what is the nature and of this place and what's distinctive about it and how can we be God's people here in this place? And And partly that means kind of affirming that God is already at work. This is a strong tradition in, in church of england thinking that god is already at work outside of the church that we don't have a kind of monopoly on god inside the walls of our church and so the reason we affirm place and listen hard to our places is is to catch up with where god is and it might be that that's that looks different from how we may be expected so there's always this idea that being present in place is about responding to what's really there rather than what we sort of imagine we want to be there or what we think is there it's about close listening. It's about the long haul. You know, it does, it, it, this intentionality doesn't happen overnight. There's deliberate and strategic steps that can be taken that need to be implemented. But really being present in place happens over a long time. You know, it's about being close to institutions, be they schools or local businesses or shops and being there sort of the wax and the wane of life and and, and, and being prepared to stay at it. And um, that's what presence really is about. And That's the encouragement really for for new churches is is to do that, to recognise, I mean, this is the other part of it, that to recognise that new churches don't have to be in conflict with inherited churches, um, but they are part of that fulfilment of the parish vocation. And if there's one sort of call for the book, it's really that, you know, if if we are to implement the parish vocation today, that that presence in every place, we're going to need new things just as we're going to need to reinvest and build up and re-energise old things both of those things are going to need to be going on
0: does that suggest that there is more to church growth throughout england for example to use the the story of the church of england than simply a set of sort of techniques or priorities but do i hear that a commitment to place means things might look actually quite different in different places because of what that commitment to the place might involve
1: Absolutely. The variety around the, the nation is is huge. Uh, there's some places where the local church really still is significant. Uh, one of the villages I, I spent time researching, the conclusion I came away with is, you know, you don't need a new church in this place. You know, the, the village is central. It needs reimagining, it needs, you know, some, some life invested in it, but it, it doesn't need something new there, uh, whereas that wasn't the case in other places. You know, there's new housing developments that, that will need new churches, but yeah, absolutely, it's going to look different in every place.
0: Will, you've been writing this book over the last year or so. You've also been engaging with a debate, which, as you say, has become pretty polarised and where a dollop more kindness would have gone a long way. What has been the impact for you, if I can ask, in your own journey of faith in bringing this book to publication and, and hopefully having an impact? I know. You're going to be speaking about it in a number of different contexts over the next months. What's that felt like for you in your own life as a Christian?
1: Yeah, I mean, writing a book is an interesting experience, as I know you know, Philip, and, and God ministers to you in in particular ways through that. I think two things, really. The first one is, is how I ended the, the podcast last time, which is to say that the great encouragement to me is that God's in charge of the church rather than us. And um the, the the danger in all of this I think when we're talking about strategy and, and particularly what happens in this polarized debate is that again we we think that the answer is our side of the debate. So we, we tend to think, you know, if only we could start new churches everywhere, or if only we could re enliven the parish system, then all will be well. And as I said, it you know, it's God's church, it's not ours. We could have everything in place, the right structure, the right systems. But it's God who brings life um, and it's God's church, it's not ours. And so that's always been an encouragement to me and sort of a, a humbling piece. The, the last, the final thing I'd say is that I think through this book, I have redeveloped this sort of idea of place and, and this great love for place. I've been reading um, a lot of uh, Eugene Peterson, who's a, an American writer for whom place is I, I'd say the defining category of his writing, you know, the defining theme of his writing and, He was reading somebody called Wendell Berry who was doing a similar thing um, but with farms rather than churches and it's I've feel I've grown to love my place that I'm in you know I feel like I've I love Durham now more than I did when I started writing this book and I love my street and my neighborhood and the people here so that love for place has really come to the fore for me
0: That's quite an invitation for us all, wherever we are, whichever church we're part of, to think about our own commitment to place uh, Will Fulger, Thank you very much indeed for appearing on Talking Theology.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been fun.
0: You have been listening to Talking Theology, a podcast from Kran Mahal, Durham. Cranmer Hall is a theological college within St. John's College in the University of Durham, training people for ministry in the Church of England and other denominations. Find out more about us at cranmerhall.com.